listening to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. All right, welcome to another episode of She's a Powerhouse. Today we are talking to Charlene Walters. Charlene uh, is just launching a book called Find Your Inner Entrepreneur, and I am really excited to introduce, or sorry, Launch Your Inner Entrepreneur. I'm really excited to introduce you to her. She has a phenomenal story. As always, we're going to dig into that a little bit and find out what it is that makes uh, Charlene's story so amazing. She has a PhD. She's worked at several different colleges, and now she's working as a full-time entrepreneur and made that full leap with two kids in town. We're going to dive into that a little bit. And I'm very, very excited to learn about your story. Charlene, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you so much, Holly. And thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. I'm super excited to be here. Amazing. So tell me a little bit. Let's start with Launch Your Inner Entrepreneur. I want to know where you're at currently and what you're working on and how excited you are for this. Yeah, I'm so excited for this book launch. I've been working on it for a long time. It's been a goal of mine since I was a little girl. So I'm finally seeing it happen. The launch is on February 23rd. So basically just kind of winding down until it's released and been doing a lot of interviews and just kind of getting out there and talking to people about the book and how they can improve their lives by changing their mindset and just particularly now when there's so many women who have left the workforce recently. So this is really a good option for many of them. That's phenomenal. And you say you've been working on this for a while. What's the process of putting out a book look like for you? (laughs) So I've actually written two books, but this is the first one I'm publishing. And it's, you know, it's one of those things you find time for it on the nights, on the weekends, when you're not working and you sort of start with an idea and an outline, and then you sort of watch it progress and you go back and forth. And for this book, it involved finding and pitching to an agent, which is a process in itself. And then, you know, creating and going over the book proposal and then pitching, of course, to a publisher. So it's a long time. And then you think, okay, I'm done with this book. It's written, but no, that's only the start because there's rounds and rounds of editing and back and forth, which makes it an even better product. So it's a really cool process. And I've been learning so much throughout. That's so phenomenal. So launch your inner entrepreneur. Tell me, okay, let's back up before you tell me about what the book is about. Tell me about your own journey from going from teaching and, and being in the the administrative roles into full-time entrepreneurship. What was that like for you? Yeah. So it's been a long journey. I started off undergrad as an English major. I've always loved to write and that's my background. But then when I graduated from school, I got a job in sales and I really started to get interested in business. So I went back to school and got my MBA. And once I finished that, I'm sort of a person like I reach a goal. And then I'm like, all right, what's next? What's next? So when I got the MBA, I started looking for other positions and I found one at a junior college that said must have an MBA for an associate dean of a business department. So I said, you know, I'll try for that one. And I got it. And I've sort of been back and forth between higher ed and marketing and sales ever since. And when I got married and had children, going back into higher ed and teaching just became a natural fit for me because I could work from home. And uh, I did that for quite a while. And then I took on sort of new positions. But during that time, my husband also, when my kids were just two and four, he passed away. And it was just a traumatic time for me. I wasn't quite sure what to do. I didn't think 
that I would be able to do everything I wanted to do in life, take care of my kids on my own and just keep moving forward. I was in the middle of getting my PhD and I just thought, you know, I, I will never ever be able to do everything. And now my life is just ruined. But as many women who find themselves in that type of situation, I just sort of dug deep. I had little kids. There was no time to just sit around and feel sorry for myself. So I just kept moving forward. And I think because of that, I've become stronger and more resilient. And I've gone on to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And the most recent thing I had done is manage an MBA program that was in digital entrepreneurship. I created the program, the curriculum and everything. And this really drove my desire and passion for entrepreneurship. I started mentoring students and others through Entrepreneur Magazine's Ask an Expert platform. And I just so enjoyed it and loved it so much and sort of just started developing in thought leadership, which led me to ultimately write the book on entrepreneurship for women, which is coming at a great time, as I said earlier, when women really need the help. So it's been a kind of a cool journey for me. That is phenomenal. So tell us just a, a blurb. Obviously, don't don't give away all the secrets, <laughs> but give us a little, a little piece of what someone can expect to learn if they pick up that book for themselves. So when I was working on the book, I thought about the areas that I could add value. And it's really about being successful in entrepreneurship or anything. It's really about setting your mind to it and then just kind of moving forward and being resilient. So in the book, I talk about how to take action and really make that jump because becoming an entrepreneur is so scary. We have to give up our paycheck, which we like so much, and kind of go out on our own. So it's about that. It's about becoming more creative and innovative. And then just overcoming some of the common trouble spots for women, such as boosting their confidence, getting over the fear of sales, really adjusting their money mindset, and getting over any areas of self-sabotage or imposter syndrome that they might be feeling. So it's a lot of those kind of practical mindset tips, but then there's also sort of an action plan to go with it so that as women are reading, they can go back and actually kind of map out their goals and then execute them moving forward. That is beautiful. I love that there are action items. Oh, nothing more than when you finish a book and there's actually something to take with you, like physically when you're finished. That's phenomenal. Um, I want to back up into, um, I love to go into, because I feel like so many of our mindset things come up when we're little, right? Like things that are just ingrained when we're growing and things that people said, and we don't even recognize that we held on to and things like that. For you growing up, did you grow up in an entrepreneurial type family? Did you grow up in a family with nine to fivers or blue collar work or what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I had, you know, the nine to fivers, but a kind of a cool story about my background, which I think is different than most, particularly uh, people of my sort of age and generation, is that my mom was sort of a stay-at-home mom, but my dad was given this opportunity at work to go to school for computer programming, which was the big new thing back then. And so my mom would help my dad with the homework, and my dad just didn't like it. He didn't get it. And my mom then went on and got her degree in computer programming. So she was sort of a pioneer, one of the first people to kind of launch into that industry. So I think that was a really cool and different for me growing up and hearing that kind of talk about technology and computers kind of around the dinner table. And this will age me, but I'll say it anyways. We were sort of one of the first people to have an actual PC. People would come into our house and say, what is that box? What is it doing there? So that's how long ago it was when I was a child and my mom was actually working on things that were, you know, kind of cutting edge. So that would be something that sort of led to my innovation and passion for innovation early on. 
That is phenomenal. I, so I, I'm going to do the same thing and age myself. My dad had one of the first laptops that anybody had ever seen. So same thing. And my, um, my grandpa would talk about, he worked, he actually worked for Boeing, the making airplanes. He did jet propulsion stuff and, um, physics, whatever. I'm not even a hundred percent sure what he did, but he worked for Boeing. He was literally a rocket scientist. That's and great. he, he worked in the rooms that had the computer was the room. The room was the computer, right? Those just massive oh, yeah, spaces. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? How like how far we've come with that tech and it, stuff like that. It really is. And if you think about our kids now, you know they know none of that, and they've just never known a time without smartphones or anything. So it's just so different and kind of so cool. You never. By the time they're kids, who knows? You know what will be happening then. <laughs> My husband and I. Oh, what did we see the other day that was AI? There was something that we were like, no way that's AI. That feels too real. And I was joking. I was like, we're going to have to fight with Letty about whether or not her AI boyfriend is a real person. Like that's going to be the thing. Is like, is, it is, is so that like a guy my daughter or is that like a talks about producer, the, you know, anime characters as real people. And I was like, no, no, no. Let's see which direction all of those goes. But I love that he's back here cringing. You're cringing. I'm cringing. We're like, no, even though computers are super cool. And obviously like I do my whole business on one. So I absolutely love it. I love that. So it sounds like you had like some serious support growing up from, or at least a good example. Did your I mean, where, how was like the family support as you got into, I'm going to do my own thing and, and, and run my own thing? No, probably not as much. I, I, I know my parents often early on talked me out of things, you know, as many parents do, that's not a good, you know, that's not a good career. That's not, you know, something for you. And you sort of listen to them, but I find that if you really have a passion and desire for something, you sort of come back to it. It might not be exactly what you thought, but it will be related. So I've always wanted to be a writer. That's something early on. I kind of wanted to be a psychologist, which I never did that, but I did get a PhD and I do help people all the time. So I think it's kind of similar. And I always just kind of had a passion for entertainment. So I look at going on podcasts and doing videos as my kind of entertainment piece. So it all kind of works out to where you want it to be. It's whether or not you take a straight line or all of the detours. Right. I have. Yes. And I always stress that with people because it's never a straight path. So many people will say to me, I want to do exactly what you're doing. You're doing a lot of cool things. You know, I think they think I'm going to say, call this person, go to this place at this time, then call this person. And then you're all set. But, you know, it's just not the same for anyone. And it's all about just kind of being persistent in just following your passion. And it's gonna take a lot of tries, a lot of pitches and a lot of rejection and failure to get there. But if you really want it, I firmly believe that you can do whatever you set your mind to. How do you handle knowing, well, I guess it's hindsight now, but how have you handled in the past that, I mean, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of, it didn't work. There's a lot of quote unquote failure, learning opportunities, but failure. How, how do you keep picking yourself back up and moving forward? How, how did you get through, okay, I'm halfway through a PhD program. And now suddenly, I mean, suddenly, right. You didn't, your husband passed it. You didn't see it coming kind of thing. Right. How do you keep picking yourself back up and not just getting a job because it's easy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because I was just talking about this the other day. I am, even now I'll suffer with, you know, something, a little rejection will get me. And what I have to do in those scenarios uh, is that I have to just kind of retrain myself and just redirect my focus. So 
for example, a couple of weeks ago, I had a really, really huge win on something, but then a little minor rejection. My mind kept going to that little minor <laughs> rejection. I thought, what is wrong? And I thought, you know what? I'm no good to anyone right now. I don't have any pressing meetings this afternoon. I have to take a break. I'm going to do some fitness, go hang out with my kids and come back to it when I'm in a better mood. And that's what you really have to do. You just have to keep resetting. And once you give yourself that space, that time, and come back to it and say, okay, well, that didn't work out. What's my plan B? What's my plan C? What's my plan D? How am I going to get to where I need to be? And that's something that I'm really good at is kind of being tenacious and persistent. And I think that's a good trait just to kind of develop looking at the positive side of things and what is actually good from something negative. Maybe you got some feedback about something that's not going well. Maybe you lost a customer, but now they're telling you why you lost them and you can use that to improve your product. You always have to try to find that silver lining as kind of Pollyanna as that seems. You just have to take that step back and just kind of separate yourself for a minute and then get back to it when you're in a better frame of mind. That's the approach that I use. I love that. We actually do something we have, they're called empowerment meetups every Friday morning with my group. Um, and we do a gratitude journal just to pull us in for the first five minutes. And there's, if I make them choose every once in a while, I'll pull somebody out and Leslie, which, which gratitude prompt would you like today? Typically they choose a silver linings gratitude. How can I be oh. grateful for something that seems negative? How can I take a failure or how can I take feedback and turn it into something good? I love that. I love that. That's your go-to because <laughs> yeah, I also do journaling. Funny you should say that. And I recommend this for everyone. Journaling, like even your process as an entrepreneur, or as a business professional, whatever it is, just writing things down, what you're working on, what your progress is. Because sometimes we feel like nothing's happening. I know this happens to me a lot. Everything's going so slow and nothing's really moving forward. But if you flip back through that journal and you think, wow, this is what I was worried about only a month ago. That seems like about two years ago. So you actually are making more progress. And I also write down three moments of joy during the day because then I can start focusing on the good things instead of the bad things. So I love your gratitude journal. I really recommend that too. I love that. Yeah, I do. I like to do it first thing in the morning. And then before bed, I'll do it an achievements journal or an accomplishments journal because so many times we're like, I didn't get anything done today. But if right. you stop and really think about it, like, even if it was just, I made sure I did that Facebook live, even though I did it at 7 PM, it's still an achievement. You still got yes. something in there today and you don't leave the day feeling as if you mess. I love that you journal for those people who are listening, <laughs> especially for those people in my powerhouse group. I want you to hear how often these things come up because you think that maybe I'm the like crazy one, but no, there's so <laughs> many women. They're always like, this, is this a thing? Yes. I'm not the only person who does consistent journaling and checking where you're at and checking your progress and being in states of gratitude. And it's all good stuff because it, it, it goes across the board. People who are doing things are these, this is common ground. It's, it works. Yeah. It works. And I love that you're doing it with your team because I, I always recommend that for leaders that they are doing that with their team and that they're even sharing what they're grateful about other people, because I think that bonds the team more as a whole then if you're, you know, focusing on individuals like, oh, this person made the most sales or whatever it is, if you can talk about what you're grateful for all the team, then you can all come together better. So I, I think it's good all the way around. That is, that is beautiful. I do like doing the, um, yeah, what I love about you kind of thing too. That's yeah, fantastic. That's See true. guys, it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's more people, which is amazing. So talk to me a little bit about um, your kids having grown up in all of what you've gone through. I'm always curious with, especially moms, because 
we talk to a lot of moms who are interested in starting businesses. And of course, one of the first things on our mind is how is this going to affect family life? And so what was that like going through all of these changes with little ones? I mean, two and four is still pretty attached to you. I mean, that's, I've got a three, five and eight year old right now. So two and four, I'm super familiar with, and they're very much like on the hip still. What, what was that like for you? And for it them. was a lot at first, you know, I think I've, my strategy has been to kind of grow my career along with them. So as they get a little bit bigger, I take on a little more. The, the weird thing about it is you think those poor girls, they don't have a dad, you know, they must really feel sad about it. And my daughter was actually just, she wanted to apply for this boarding school and she had to write an essay about what has been something tragic or some adversity she's come overcome in her life. And she said, I don't have anything to write in there. And I said, <laughs> you know, Avery, you don't think your dad passing away at age four is something to write about. She said, I've just never known any different. This is what I remember. It's not affecting me. And I think, okay, well, I must be doing something right with them. But really for me as a mom with the business, with everything I have going on with the two girls, I really just focus on scheduling and time management and sort of trying to balance. And it's not always perfect, but what I do and I encourage other women who are working to do is just really communicate. Okay, what are your expectations for the weekend? What do you have planned? Here's what I have planned. Let's plan around each other. And so now they never really ever go on to anything without checking with me first. They'll ask, you know, what do, what do I need to do? What are your plans? Can I do this from three to six? And then we'll work around each other. And I think it's just about finding that balance. You know, you really have to just communicate, okay, I'm going to take eight to six to work or eight to five, whatever it is, but then I will spend six to eight with you and we can do whatever you need. And I think if you have that rapport and that kind of open communication and everybody knows that their needs are being met and you take time to have fun too, I think it all works out we're tough, we're women and we can do it. <laughs> Heck yes. A B I think that's like communication in any relationship. So many people just stick that with like a spouse or significant other, but your kids are a relationship, Oh yes. like a life lifetime relationship. And it's just as important to have that communication with them as it is to have with a significant other or any of your friendships or, or, you know, work relationships or anything. Open communication is huge. Definitely. And, you know, they just want to know that their needs are going to be met and they get what they want. And I think the more we have that dialogue and that kind of open relationship, the more they know, okay, we'll work it out. Everything is going to be okay. It's not a, a panic if there's a conflict in, in our schedules, we can make it all work. So we've been good about doing that. Do your kids, uh, do your girls know on the path they're on, like what they want to be when they grow up kind of thing? Are they, are they going the entrepreneurial route? Have they been steeped in it enough <laughs> that that's just second nature at this point? You know, no, I keep, uh, they're sort of at the age, they're teenagers now. So anything mom does is just not cool. Oh, so not they cool. don't <laughs> want anything to do with what I'm doing, sure. but I have been, I, I wrote the one book on entrepreneurship and I wrote another sort of slice of life memoir. And I want to work on a third book with my daughter, Avery. The funny thing is, is I want to want, write about entrepreneurship, but she keeps trying to talk me into other stuff. So they're on their own route. But the thing about them, I will say, and I think it's from seeing me as a single mom, they are really focused on what they want to do. You talked about your grandfather. My uh, daughter actually wants to be an astrophysicist. That's exactly what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. She has it planned. She's researched all of her schools. The other one wants to be an orthodontist. So I think they've just got everything planned. And I think it's because they see me and they think, all right, I've got to get this figured out. But I try to tell them, you don't need everything planned just yet. You know, <laughs> you have time. Don't worry. So much time. That's 
That's so awesome that, and that they're going their own route. I'm trying to put in my head, like trying to imagine them growing up watching you and knowing the benefits of single momhood, right? Like it's, it's fucking hard. I cannot imagine. I cannot, I can't imagine the single mom road. And especially when they're so little. And I think women are tough period women who, um, can do all of the things and raise children by themselves blow my mind. I you're superhuman and I will never like, take an excuse other than that. You are superhuman somehow. I don't know how, but I know that you are. And so doing that. And then at the same time, also showing them like the path is yours, you decide. And what they got to see out of that was like what I want and what I'm doing in life is important. It's not reliant on another human. I'm not doing this for somebody else. For me as, as a person and as a woman, what I want is in fact important because I think that gets pushed to the side far too often, especially kids watching the, how their, their parents together. It's funny because I was a professor and I would see students who were single moms going to school, working, taking care of their kids. And I thought, no, 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 you shouldn't be in school. There's too much going, you know, I thought, how can they do it? But then I became exactly that. And so once you get into that, you know, you start kind of managing a whole different lifestyle and you kind of get used to it. And Something I was thinking about the other day, you know, when there's two people or multiple people, you kind of sometimes every once in a while kick back and wait for the other person to do something. Right? Like, oh, 100%. Do that. Oh, 100%. And so when there's nobody, you know, no one else is going to do it. You kind of have a different approach to things. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And they grew up with the benefit of seeing that and having that resilience and that strength. And that's n- not that you would have chosen that necessarily, but just seems like such a benefit from the outside, at least. Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't have chosen it, obviously. And I don't think anyone wakes up and say, gee, I can't wait to be a single mom, you know, but it definitely has changed me a lot. You know, I think um, for a lot of ways for the better, I've become a lot stronger, a lot more resilient. I've become more focused. And I think a lot of the things that I've done, I might not have done had this not turned out this way. So again, looking at the positive in a, in a bad situation. And I hope that the girls have learned it. Like, like I said, as teenagers, everything I do is not great right now, but I'm, I'm hoping that they can look back and say, you know, she really did try given her situation and, and she did the best she could. So, well, and I'm sure like looking at your own upbringing, I definitely got to that point, right? I feel like we all do. We all look back at our parents and we're like, oh yeah, I get it now. And all of a sudden they're not so you know, uncool and not for me, dumb. I went through the teenage years of like, Oh, my mom is just so dumb. She doesn't know anything. (laughs) You know, are you like, no, she was actually really smart and knew exactly what she was talking about. I know it's, we have so much more empathy for them once we have kids ourselves. (laughs) Oh, that part besides I can't, I, I, my mom had five kids. I have three. Oh, wow. Yeah. And five kids over the span of 10 years. So we're all about two years apart. Um, and I look at my three and how I want to pull my hair out on a regular basis. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't know how, or my daughter will do something. And the, when they say your heart walking around outside of your body, right? Like it's, I, I watch her changing and growing and knowing that I can't control it. And I just need to guide it and, and be there for her path or whatever, but she'll do things and it'll like break me a little bit. And I'll call my mom and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe I did that to you. Or, or you're like, do you like, I know you'll understand this feeling right now because I think only moms can, we're the only people who really like get 
watching that happen outside of us and, and the strength that that takes. Is- it is, you know, especially when they get to the point where they're becoming their own little people and they want to oh. assert their independence and, you know, and you want them to, but at the same time, you're like, oh, don't do that. Stay here, you know, stay little. But- oh, the stay little is killing me lately. I don't know. I don't know what it is about eight, but like she went from four years old to eight. I swear to you, we skipped everything in between. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and then you look back at the pictures and stuff and think, oh, where is that little girl? My oldest started driving, which is an adventure <laughs> right now. Mm. And I've been having, she's a student driver. So I have to sit with her and watch her drive around. And it's just, I, it's stressful. It's, you know, sad. It's all of these things, emotions in one. So it really is definitely, you evolve over time and the relationship changes and the dynamics change, but you never lose that feeling of, oh, there's my little heart walking around in the world. Outside of me. Oh my gosh, driving. <laughs> oh my gosh, driving. That's so amazing though. And I'm sure they're just, I mean, you seem to, honestly, you're a phenomenal human being. Everything you're telling me, the story is so cool. And so oh, these girls have got to have just just to, just to have a piece of that and have grown up in that. I'm sure they're, they're also phenomenal human beings. They, they are. I mean, I think, I think they're just so unique and so independent and I always sell it. I tell them you are getting a one of a kind childhood. There is not another person who is getting this one. Okay. If they ever complain or anything, I just kind of sell it that way. <laughs> yeah, right. You get the unique experience. You're exactly. welcome. So looking forward now with this, um, with the book, are you planning programs to go along with this? Any teaching of the seminars, things like that, because that would be. Yeah, I definitely, I've been doing some one-off workshops and seminars, but definitely I plan to put up some online courses on resilience on developing your mindset to achieve success. So definitely big on my agenda is to get those up and running. I, my life was in curriculum development, so it's easy for me to put courses together. It's just, you know, I've been a little distracted with the book launch, but it is definitely the next thing on my plan. I do some mentoring too, which is always fun. And I just really love helping other people at the core of it all. Like I like to see people succeed. I'm not necessarily a person who's jealous of people's successes. I want to see those successes. I'm happy. I'm like, I know that person. I'm rooting for them. So yeah, definitely. I love working on courses and working on helping people kind of grow. That's phenomenal. Our, our tagline is collaboration over competition. Like there's enough to go around. We don't need to compete with each other. And I want to see you win. I want to see everybody win. So that's absolutely. And women aren't as good as that. You know, we're we're more competitive by nature. I think it's the way we're brought up to be perfect and try to outshine. And, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because I think that holds us back everywhere in the workplace and life. So we've got to really, it's great that you're pushing the collaboration piece because we've got to work together. And I do, I love meeting other people in your position as well, who are doing the same thing. The more, I feel like the more we accumulate women who have that mindset, the more we can kind of pass it on to the next quote unquote generation of entrepreneurs and say, see, it it works. Let's all work together because arm in arm. Um, Somebody explained to me one time that it's not about building with the person who's ahead of you. So not grabbing the person who's ahead of you and trying to pull yourself up, rather locking arms with the person next to you and growing together is really how you like make those steps happen. And that's been such a mindset shift for me is that I'm not trying to push myself forward or pull myself forward on, on somebody else's coattails, but I can look at the woman next to me and say, Hey, we're in the same spot basically, right? Like a year or two, one direction or the other, but we're basically in the same area. Let's, let's work together to lift ourselves up. And I kind of tested it. I've, I have this little inner, inner circle of women and we all kind of started businesses at about the same time. 
And with that in the back of my mind, I'm like, let's just build each other up, hype each other up. We're here if we need each other, whatever. I'll be damned if it didn't work. That's great. You know, I have phenomenal. Yeah, two things on that. I say my little slogan is pay it forward and give it backwards. So help other people along. And then remember the people that helped you. I think that's something that people often miss is that they forget to turn back and thank the people because many people have put us on the path to success. And also like you, I always talk about having that support group. We have a mastermind group of several women, again, very similar, and we're all kind of lift each other and we help each other when we're stuck. I think there's really something powerful in meeting people that are in a similar situation and some have done something and they might get you out of your little, whatever you're stuck on and help push you along. So yes, totally agree. Beautiful. Community is so important. Everybody just wants to know they're not alone. Yes, absolutely. Especially now when we are alone. (laughs) (laughs) And we just know that we're not actually alone. Oh, I feel that so much. Awesome. Well, thank you so much today for giving your time. Um, I'm going to put all of the links that you gave me in the show notes so they can grab your book. They'll look out for seminars, I'm sure. And I'm sure you're ready to take a little break from launching (laughs) before you start diving into other stuff. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Holly. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you listening, I'm going to hang out with Charlene. She's going to pop into the Power Players and teach us some. It's exclusively for them. If you would like to join the Power Players, go to powerhousepod.co, find the link, and you can join there. You can also take our quiz on where your clients are, or you can join our free Facebook page, the powerhouse. We would love to have you Charlene again. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this time we spent together. Thank you so much. I was happy to be here.